Well, we have 217 days. Well, I'm counting it down. Every week we're counting it down, getting closer to the midterm election. Dale Carter's America is wondering out loud if the people running things are completely tone deaf. You're going to see a theme here. It's it's going to emerge about being tone deaf. Uh, certainly going to be the running theme between the president, uh, the vice president, the NFL, even Disney. We'll cover all of that ground, plus we'll poke some more fun at the slap, and maybe for the last time, uh, on this week's episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. I am Dale Carter. He is Kurt Wheeler. Welcome back to the podcast, which you can get everywhere you get podcasts. You should give us like a five-star rating, spread the word. Subscribe on YouTube and Rumble and uh, tell your friends. I like that. Uh, We have a new uh, sponsor we want to welcome, our good friend, Jim Dingman, who runs Funhouse Pizza in Lee Summit and Blue Springs. A great American has come on board to be a sponsor of this podcast for the next year. That's right. Yeah, we're happy to have him. He's awesome. Uh, we, we, of course, went to the location in uh, Lee Summit there on 50 Highway. Uh, they're also on 7 Highway in Blue Springs, south of 40 Highway. And uh, when you go in there, it's, it's interesting uh, because he's got a sign on the door that basically says, pull up your pants. <laughs> and I think that is that's kind of that sets the theme for what Jim Dingman expects when you come to Funhouse Pizza. That's right. And I have my pants pulled up and I have a belt on, so I think I'm good. Good, awesome. good to go. Yeah. All right. So we'll be stopping by Funhouse Pizza. We may even do the podcast at Funhouse Pizza before you know it. Uh, but if you want uh, some pizza, some beer, uh, have a great time. It's got fun in the name. So how can it not be fun? Absolutely. At Funhouse Pizza. Yeah. Great atmosphere. Great vibes. So yeah. thanks. Uh, thank you. Thanks a lot. So uh, in the news segment, obviously the carnage is continuing in Ukraine, uh, now six weeks into that, and um, they're poking fingers at each other. But, I mean, if you look at it from 30,000 feet, I mean, if Russia would just go home, it would end, right? Yeah, or I'm starting to wonder, like, what's taking so long? You yeah. know, like, if, if Russia is this massive power and if they're tri- if they're really trying to take over Ukraine, yeah, why haven't they done it already? I mean, how long did it take? Not to make the World War II analogy ad nauseum, but how long did it take Hitler to take Poland? It took like a day and a half. Yeah, like yeah no time at all. Wasn't very long, you know. Um, and it may say a lot about uh, that military in Russia. You know, we always wonder about that. I mean, are they really all that? Yeah, or is that really the goal, or really what's happening? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to what to think anymore. It's all speculation at this point yeah. for me, but who knows? We're seeing um, some reports about war crimes going on over there, mass graves of Ukrainians being detected. And it's interesting because we've talked about this before, the the, the idea of projection. When I've done something wrong, I'm going to blame you for doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and now the Russians want a Security Council meeting at the UN uh, so they can blame Ukraine for war crimes. Well, there I have seen some things on both sides. I mean, uh, you know, Ukrainian but again, it wouldn't happen if doing... Russia wouldn't have gone over the border. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. That's like I invade your country and then you do something bad to me and I want to take you to court for war crimes. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that he wants to go to the Security Council, I haven't I hadn't heard that, but that is a little ridiculous, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, should we really even take the U.N. seriously anymore? I mean, these are all questions that are that are going through my mind. Should, should they ever have been taken seriously in the first place? You know, I mean, I don't know. 
Who well, knows? it was the uh, it was the successor to the League of Nations, which failed miserably because the United States wasn't involved. Right. And when the United States got involved, um, and I don't know, I mean, you know, look back over the history of it. History is always great in the rearview mirror. Right. right. You can look at like the first test of it was Korea. Mm-hmm. Was that a great use of the UN well, and as a body? You I could also know. say that it was successful in the second iteration because the United States came on board and and bankrolled everything. Well, and, that's true. And you know, provided the the lion's share of the funds and of the military, you know, uh supplies and and of the manpower and even the freaking building that they meet in, you know. It seems like we're fronting a lot of it. And that was to Trump's point, you know, he mentioned that all the yeah. time, so. All right, so uh the latest mass shooting in Sacramento, I'm sure you saw that over the weekend and the predictable response from Joe Biden. You know, you can just, he should just save that clip and just every time there's a mass shooting, just insert it, uh, that now he's calling for um, background checks, ban on ghost guns, and assault weapons. Um, and I talked about this on my show this morning on KFKF, and I try and, as as best I can, I try and keep it straight on the morning show and not veer it into the opinion area, mm-hmm. even though our newswire is all over uh, opinion on the left side. Um, and I said that I would talk about again, and we've talked about it before, um, what my fix would be, because he might say, okay, well, this is what I would do about gun violence. What would you do about gun violence? And I think we always end up on the punishment side of it. Mm-hmm. Stop you know, letting these folks back out on the street again. You know, when somebody commits a crime with a gun, you know, punish them to the fullest extent of the law. And in my world, they'd never get out. That's, that's my view on it. And that's maybe a little bit harsh for folks, but what's going on now is way too loose. Yeah. I was, uh, admittedly, I hadn't heard this. I was on the river all weekend. So what, what happened exactly? Um, somebody opened fire. There was a fight. Uh, six people were killed, 12 others injured. Um, you know, was it like at a bar or something? I think so. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Mm. A gunman opened fire and they're still at the, as we're recording this, they're still looking for that person. They're still out. So they haven't caught the guy. No, they have not. Um, but you can't pass a law that's going to stop bad people from committing a bad act. Yeah. You've got to come on the back side of it and do something on the enforcement side. Yeah. And also on the front side, I mean, the fact is it's become an ad nauseum. It's become a cliche, but the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. It is so true. And, you know, I'll, I'll say that to liberals or, or you'll, you'll hear people say that and, and they'll be like, oh, that's just, you know, a cliche. Right. That's not how it works. Well, then provide an alternative. Like, what is the alternative? You're either going to have a concealed carry or you're going to call the cops or you're going to run away or you're going to get shot. I mean, those are the only options. So, like, what is the alternative to the good guy with a gun scenario? There is none. So, like, when in the, in the actual moment of when it's happening, somebody has to stop it, Right. Because you're, you're not going to prevent it from happening. No. I mean, you can do certain things to make it less likely. You know, I mean, if it's a really dangerous area, you know, you put in metal detectors at the door, you hire a bodyguard at the door, you hire security, whatever. There's Better lots of things. presence. You yeah, can do there's that. lots of things that you can do to yeah. mitigate the risk, mm-hmm. but that doesn't stop thing bad things from happening. Sometimes bad things just happen. And that's the unfortunate nature of, of you know, of human existence, you know. And so you have to acknowledge like, okay, well, what's going to be done about it in the moment? You know what I mean? 
And punishing, you know, law-abiding gun owners is not going to get you anywhere because a law-abiding gun owner isn't going to do this anyway. Right. It's going to be a criminal who's already committed some other crime. Yeah. And so there they are. They've got the gun. And, and what are you going to do? And if you in and I don't know if this is what Joe Biden's world is because God knows what Joe Biden's world is. It's in his own mind. Back in the day, he used to say, you know, buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Yeah, shoot him in the leg. He yeah. said he said about the cops that they should just shoot him in the leg. Yeah. Teach people how to de-escalate circumstances. De-escalate. So instead of anybody coming at you and the first thing you do is shoot to kill, you shoot him in the leg. So um, let's say that the very liberal perspective on this is to get rid of every gun. Okay. Are they going to get rid of like hedge trimmers and, you know, hose from the garden, um, knives from the kitchen? You know, there are all kinds of ways that bad people can commit a bad act. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the punishment side that is lacking here, and, and that's where I'm going to be on this. Yeah, and and it's also just not realistic. I mean, people can say, oh, well, you know, look at these other countries where they don't have gun violence because they don't have guns. Okay, but that's just not a reality in America. You're never going to take all of the guns away in no. America. It's just not going to happen. So let's just let's just put that off to the side because it's just totally unrealistic, and then let's actually talk about real life solutions. And then the other side of it, which I brought up before that nobody talks about is defensive gun use. Nobody talks about this, the statistics on how many shootings are stopped by somebody with a gun, which is very, very high. And you can look at the numbers, you know, yourself, um, John Watt has done great research on that, but, uh, there's lots of, you know, other things going on here besides just gun bad. Well, anytime that there's you know a mass shooting anywhere, just, you, you could uh, just save the clip from Joe Biden and, and play it again. After that happens, um, tax refunds. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you this because I don't know what your answer to this is. I know what my answer to it is. Are you a guy who likes to set up your withholding at work so that you get a massive tax refund check and you plan your budget for the year based on your tax refund check? No, I don't do that. Well, that's smart. That's good because a lot of Americans do that. And and what they, you know, my uncle was a um, a tax pro. My wife obviously is a tax pro. And mm-hmm. what they would tell you is to balance your withholding. Tax day is coming up soon. That's right. why I'm bringing this up. Uh, balance your withholding so that you don't owe a lot if you owe anything, or if you get a refund, it's not very much. Because if it's the average, which the average refund so far this year is three thousand three hundred five dollars. Okay, that means those folks have given the federal government a $3,305 interest-free loan mm-hmm. to keep their money until they decide to give it back to you. Right. Um, and, you know, <laughs> you're creating a tax-free loan for the government. Don't do that. I'd rather take as many deductions as I can. Um, you know, I have a little bit of 1099 income and stuff like that. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather take as, as many deductions as I can and not have to pay the tax in the first place than, you know, wait for a for a uh, refund. So. And people people look at this, I think, incorrectly. Uh, and my kids are the same way, and maybe I was back in the day, too. It's like, oh, I'm going to get this big refund and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they don't see is um, the money that's withheld from their paycheck, right. that's going to the federal government. That's probably the biggest expense that a lot of people have, and they don't even realize it. Yeah. That's the money that's going to the federal government. So keep an eye on that, especially as taxes are going to go up, at least uh, in Biden's world. That's what he's going to try and get done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, tax day is coming up. April 18th is the deadline. It was always April 15th before. 
but because of Emancipation Day, you get a little extra time. Yeah, and I guess COVID is officially over now because they haven't pushed back tax day this year. So, Well, COVID ended at the State of the Union. We talked about right. that <laughs> earlier in the day. Masks everywhere right. at the State of the Union. No mask from the president. Yep. So that meant that that was uh, officially over. Um, how about South Carolina, the women's team? You know, as we're recording this, uh, Kansas is getting ready to play for the national championship in men's college basketball against North Carolina. Uh, but the Gamecocks of South Carolina, can you be Say a, that again? <laughs> it's, that's their mascot, the, the Gamecocks. Now, it's the women's team. And it's the women's team. Yeah. Are is they Leah the, Thomas playing? Are they the lady Gamecocks? How does that work in our new world? I'm not quite sure. Oh, um, but as far as we know, they were all women. Yeah. And they beat the Yukon Lady Huskies 64 to 49 to win the national championship. You know, I, conservatives tend to get pissed about a lot of this stuff. And the more I sit with this stuff and, and see the stuff, and, and as we get into the whole tone deaf issues, mm. Um, it's just ridiculous, and we should just take it to a ridiculous level. So if I were a college basketball coach, a female college basketball coach, Mm -hmm. there are men who coach the women's teams, right? And I needed to win, I'd go find as many hairy-legged guys as I could and Mm -hmm. convince them that they're women. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting angle on it. I mean, I think... Where does it end? I think clearly, like, rationality and common sense is not working (laughs) against these narratives, so... Uh, I think there is an argument to me be, to be made that you know, kind of accelerating it and and leaning into it might wake some more people up to what's happening. I mean, it you know, it's like the swimming thing. I mean, I I saw plenty of people on Facebook and elsewhere, you know, who who would not normally be considered like conservatives, you know, but you see a giant like six two dude with like a package hanging out of his uh, swimsuit swimming against women and beating the crap out of them, it's like, yeah, you know, people are going to notice that. So, so maybe there is something there, you know, if, if we get more, uh, more hairy men on the, on the women's basketball team, yeah. maybe that'll bring some more attention. So to if it. you're somebody who watches or listens to this podcast and you get really mad whenever you see this latest ridiculous stuff coming out, especially what we're going to talk about today, um, instead of getting mad, like you said, lean into it mm-hmm. and come up with the most ridiculous shit you can think of <laughs> to take it to the absolute absurd and, like you said, wake some people up. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Okay. Well, let's get right into it because uh, the first uh, segment of the uh, the big program here today is Biden is tone deaf. All right? And I have six examples from the last week. Oh, there's I mean, probably not, multiple every day. <laughs> and, and I hate beating up on an old man. I really do. Yeah. But, you know, he wanted the job, and he got the job. Yeah. And, and I heard over the weekend a strategist talking about how, you know, depending on which poll you look at, he's at about 38 39%. Okay? That's pretty bad. And this strategist said, that's probably as low as it's going to go. That's the floor. And that ought to scare the hell out of a lot of people that there are 37 or 38% of Americans who think Joe's doing a great job. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, seriously. I would like to meet those people. So – this is where we are, and, and this guy said he's probably, it's going to be like, they call it taking out the trash in Congress. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to do as much as he wants to do to get this thing as far as he can to the left before the red wave comes in, mm-hmm. uh, because the, the number probably won't go lower. That's probably the floor. How do they calculate that, though? I mean, how do, how do you know that that's the, the bottom, the floor of you know as low as he can go? Where does that come from? Well, uh, unless he goes out on Fifth Avenue, as Donald Trump said he could, and shoot somebody, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, 
how much worse could this get? Yeah. And he's still getting 37, 38%. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's what more point. needs to happen? We've got the Hunter Biden laptop now, mm-hmm. which it, it's interesting here that the, the mainstream media, which totally ignored it during the campaign, it's now like they found a new um, toy out there. It's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, have you seen this? There's this laptop. Yeah. And Hunter Biden's a really bad guy. And how far does this go? Yeah. And not only did they ignore it, but they suppressed any information about it. They blocked people on Facebook for sharing right. the story. I mean, it's election interference as far as I'm concerned. But uh and now that, you know, the the New York Times came out, what, a year later, eight months later, yeah. however long it's been, and said, oh, yeah, by the way, the, the Hunter laptop is, is real. And you talk about polling, um, you know, there's about a 10% swing in there for the election that says if this had been validated by the quote-unquote mainstream media, they would have voted for Trump. Yep. And if that's a 10% swing the other way, Donald Trump is continuing as president and yep. not Joe Biden. Yep. So to your point, election interference um, they're not apologizing for it. No, of course. And there's not going to be any accountability either. You know, yeah. there's not going to be any accountability because these people control the, the, inf- the flow of information, yeah. you know, so, and I'm not a black helicopter guy. I'm really not, but I- I've heard a conspiracy theory. In fact, I heard, uh, the words of Rush Limbaugh from beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. This was like December of 2020. And so Biden has been elected, right? Mm-hmm. And Rush Limbaugh's take on it was Biden's a useful idiot for the Obamas. He's in there doing what they want to do. And he said, here's my prediction. At some point, Joe is going to become too embarrassing and not useful anymore, and they're going to throw him to the wolves. Mm. And all of a sudden, you're going to see every mainstream media channel pick this up and say that the the laptop is a real deal, and you're going to see the wheels come off of Joe Biden, and it's going to be on purpose. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I... I I tend to believe that kind of everything is on purpose anymore. I mean, it, it, there's so much craziness going on that it, it seems like it can't be an accident. Yeah. You know, everything from Russia to COVID to, you know, just the narratives that are on social media uh, and everything. I mean, it's just uh, it's hard not to think that there's something else going yeah. on. And I don't know if we're at that point yet with, you know, them throwing uh, Biden under the bus. I don't know if we're at that point yet, but we may be approaching that point. Who knows? Well, we'll see. Um, Okay, tone deaf issue number one, President Biden signing a bill making lynching a federal hate crime for the first time. And there are a lot of tone deaf people on Capitol Hill, some of them Republicans who went along with this kind of thing. Uh, Tim Scott, who I have been touting forever as a presidential nominee, he's one of the sponsors of this bill. Why? Yep. What is the point? We talked about it when it was being debated in Congress. Well, now uh, it's it's a law uh, that you if you lynch somebody, and it's named after Emmett Till, uh, mm-hmm. who was lynched, tortured, murdered back in 1955. Is this 1955 or 2022? It's pure virtue signaling. It's pure pandering. And uh, it's just to secure further secure the black vote for the Democrats. Okay. So <laughs> so I had a thought. You know, you can be mad about this or we can take it to its ridiculous level. We should start identifying other hate crimes. Mm-hmm. And I've sort of started a list here. Um I think road rage is mm-hmm. a hate crime. Yep. When you cut somebody off in traffic, you know, uh, and you flip them the bird, that's a hate crime. Yeah, we I should mean, create a special law for that. I'm a good Christian man. And when somebody flips me the bird, I mean, it it, it insults me to my core. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost feel like I can't go on. I can't go to work after that happens. Yeah, and you know, that flipping the bird while driving is a is a plague that has 
been affecting this country for decades. It's, this is not a new thing. This has been going on for a long time. Ever since we had cars, there has been road rage. Yeah. So, so this is an issue that we need to deal with. We should eliminate cars. Yeah. That would solve it. But yes. we'll get to that because that's uh, tone deaf number two here. But, you know, getting smacked while on the Oscars, I mean, depending on who does the smacking, <laughs> who receives the smacking, that could well be a hate crime. Yes, very much so. So I want you to think about this. Mm -hmm. I know you're coming off a float trip and you're about 30% here from what I feel. Um, <laughs> I'm a little out of it, yeah. <laughs> so uh, as, This is recovery day. As you think of these things, I want you to start thinking about hate crimes. All right. Sorry for the uh, folks watching. What I just dropped I'm, my copy. What I'm hearing you say is that you want me to start thinking of hate crimes. Yeah, I need to start Ridiculous thinking about hate, hate crimes, crimes more. That we that we could kind of. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned cars. Okay, tone deaf number two. Uh, President Biden is making some bold moves to get gas prices down. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's tapping into the strategic reserve. It's uh, like a million gallons a day, right? I don't know. What is the purpose of the strategic reserve? Think about this. For a strategic reservation. <laughs> we go to war. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it would be nice to know that the military can count on having billions of gallons of gasoline right. to get the ships moving. Because, again, because we're not energy independent anymore, we rely on people who don't like us very much right. to supply us with fuel. So um, he's doing this. I mean, it's so transparent. All of these states that are eliminating their, um, their gas tax and now they're, they're – Probably it's going to happen. They'll probably do a national rollback on the gas tax to bring it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's it's all transparent. It's all about um, trying to elect, get some Democrats over the finish line who are like you know wobbling a little bit. Yep. And don't you? Am I missing something? No, here? absolutely. I mean, I, I think you're right. It is totally transparent. And we we made the joke last week that they might as well just get rid rid of the gas tax tax through the end of November rather than the end of the year, just to get through the election. Oh, see, that's their thing. Through the end of the year. Right, right. Not just the election. Just right. The end of the, yeah, okay, so they're trying. <laughs> and, and so Joe Biden says, you know, Americans can save $80 a month by going out and buying an electric car. Mm -hmm. So how I'm much is that? I'm doing the math in my head right now. I don't know if that adds up. How much is an electric car? It's a lot. Is I mean, it more than $80? It is. It's, oh, you know, you're probably shit. looking at a six, $700 a month car payment. So if you'll pick up a six, $700 a month car payment, maybe more depending on what you get, yeah. um, you can save that $80 a month. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in for it. Let's do it. These are the people running this country, and that's why that is tone deaf story number two. All right, tone deaf number three. Uh, the pandemic rule from the CDC known as Title 42 that has kept asylum seekers from crossing the border will expire on May 23rd. Even Democrats are pushing back on that. Um, U.S. officials reportedly warning that the border will see a surge of more than 170,000 migrants once Title 42 is lifted. Well, And Biden's going to let it happen. Yeah, I mean, do we, do we really need like a COVID-related measure, you know, for that? I mean, shouldn't we just be like addressing the border? We should. Um, and that's going to be his pushback. He's going to be, you know, for years and decades, I've been saying that Congress needs to do immigration reform. And since yeah. they won't, we're going to have to do it through executive action. And that's where Title 42 came from. It was a Donald Trump era uh, policy because it came out of COVID. And uh, Biden is going to let it expire at its natural expiration time of May 23rd. And I think that's completely tone deaf. And, you know, who's going to pay the price for that? are Democrat senators from the border who are up for re-election, and there are two of them, 
and and they're calling the White House saying, "What are you doing to me here?" Mm-hmm. What states are they from? I that's a good question. We'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, but I know that there are two, and it might be New Mexico. Well, Arizona for sure. Yeah. Kelly in Arizona. Yeah, uh, and I think New Mexico is the other one. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, now that I think about it, uh, we've been dealing with so many other things. You know, like COVID and and everything else. We we haven't really had like the big national headlines about immigration policy. Like you remember, you know, back with Obama and and before it was always in the news. You know, they had the uh, the gang of eight or whatever it was mm. called that, you know, they were working on immigration reform right. and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like a perpetual, it's perpetually comes back into the news cycle every so often, but it hasn't been in a long time. Well, the big story recently, remember, was the guys on horseback with the reins right, and all that. Right, right, and right. they were whipping people. And, right, you know, right. black members of Congress were saying, this is worse than anything that happened during slavery. <laughs> and they were going to do this big investigation. And guess what? The investigation didn't go anywhere because they didn't do anything wrong. Right. Totally. You didn't hear that, though, did you? Totally. All right. Uh, tone deaf number four for our president. Um, one in five American workers runs out of money before payday, according to a new survey. That's up from 15% last year, reflecting the toll uh, the highest inflation in 40 years is taking, particularly on low to moderate income workers. So you know what we need, Kurt? Stimulus checks. More stimulus checks. Hey, I got it. Ding, <laughs> to the front of the class. More stimulus money. That's what the president is saying. You know, more trillions of dollars going into the economy, making inflation even worse. It's just, you know, tone deaf. Yeah. That's the thing that just kept coming back to me. He's absolutely tone deaf on what's going on in America. Well, I think the real question with that kind of stuff is, like, how much do people buy into that? You know, like, what percentage? Is that the 38%? Of America that sees that and they're like, oh, great, more stimulus checks. I think this it is, is going to fix the be. problem. It has to you know? be. I mean, are, do they just not look further down the road than like as far as they can yeah. see in front of their face? You know, I think there's some of that. And I think and we've talked about this on the podcast before, too. I think there's a segment of the population and hopefully it's getting smaller and smaller that says Democrat, good, right. Republican, bad and vice versa. Right. Instead of digging into the actual issues going on and how you feel about them and how it affects you in your life, there is that segment of the population. Yeah. And and for the for the Democrats, I mean, the the way that they maintain that is the playbook that you always talk about. I mean, it's not it's not Democrats good that keeps them in line. It's Republicans bad that keeps them in line. It's, yeah. They're racist. They, you know, don't care about poor people. They're misogynist, blah, 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 blah. You know, so. Uh, as long as they keep that up, you're going to have that 37, 38%. Well, and, and I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here and hopefully not make anybody mad. Let me preface this by saying, you got to preface these things, um, there is a role for unions. Yeah. Okay, there was definitely a role for unions and still is a role for unions out there. My dad was a, a union worker. He worked. Uh, the, it was the Electrical Workers Union, mm-hmm. and um, he worked at a factory for over 30 years, Whirlpool Corporation. They made refrigerators, mm-hmm. air conditioners, and all that. Um, and where my father and I kind of parted company in politics was in 1984 when Ronald Reagan was running for re-election. You may recall he won 49 states. Yeah. I think it was like a massacre of Walter Mondale. Yeah. And I asked my dad, who are you voting for? And he said, well, I'm going to vote for Mondale. And I'm like, why? Right. I wanted him to try and be a free thinker about how it affected his life. Right. And he said, because the union told me to. Mm. Now, there is that segment out there Mm. that 
you know, will do what they are told to do Yeah, on both sides. And again, I think that number's coming down. At least I hope it's coming down. Sure. Um, key inflation index rising 5.4%, a level not seen in nearly 40 years. I mean, we get that story almost every day. Uh, it's called the PCE, okay? The Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index jumped 5.4% from a year ago. Um, that's the index that the Fed looks at their preferred way uh, to measure inflation. So just another way to look at it, something that we all know. I mean, you know, we bought hot dogs for Fauntleroy, you know, at the grocery store over the weekend. That's her kid. We call him Little Lord Fauntleroy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was like $15 for two packages of hot dogs. Yeah. You know, a loaf of bread was almost $4 for a regular loaf of bread. This is crazy. It's not getting any better. And our president is absolutely tone deaf because he's taking no responsibility for it. But at least we get stimulus checks. One more before we break here. Um, Tone deaf number six, U.S. job openings as he takes a victory lap for uh, jobs created, quote unquote. Um, We're still at 11.266 million job openings in the month of February, which comes down just a little bit from the record high in December. Yep. Tone deaf. Lots of jobs. All right. Well, our president's not the only one who is tone deaf. Our vice president is tone deaf as well. And I wonder if she even hears herself. Um, it's tough for me, Kurt, to go to um, karaoke bars <laughs> because I have perfect pitch. And that's not bragging. That's that's sometimes really? painful. Right. Karaoke bars are very painful for me because if you're off pitch to the degree that most people are in a karaoke bar, it hurts. So you have perfect like pitch where you can like recognize any note and Absolutely. say what note it is? Not what note it is, but to know whether it's on pitch or not. Oh, okay. When you're way off pitch, like somebody trying to do Patsy Cline's crazy mm-hmm. in a karaoke bar, which should never be done. That's <laughs> something that we should outlaw is no one should ever do Patsy Cline's crazy. Crime. It's a hate crime. <laughs> Get that on the books. That's a hate crime. Um, I, I literally have pain in right. my inner ear. When, when it's that bad. Huh. Um, so I wonder if Kamala Harris, when she says things like this after meeting with the Jamaican prime minister, now this is not her answering a question. These are her prepared remarks. Mm-hmm. We also recognize, just as it has been in the United States for Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. Does she go back over, you know, in radio, we have things called air check sessions Mm -hmm. where a guy like me, who's the program director of a radio station, would bring in a guy like you if you were on the air and say, okay, well, let's listen to the tape. Mm -hmm. Let's let's go over the tape and see how we can make this better next time. Is anybody doing that with her? Because it's sad. Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, I've noticed this, too, when I when I watch some of these videos and some of her speeches, she looks like uncomfortable. You know, like if you watch her body language, yeah. she looks like she is not sure what she's supposed to say. And she's like, you know, looks just like very awkward. Yeah. So it's like she doesn't even feel confident, clearly. I mean, she's just, you know, like I said uh, before, it's like when the teacher calls on you to, you know, tell us about chapter four and you didn't read chapter four. So you just start. That's rambling. definitely the look. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, you know, when I was in college, I was going to be a lawyer until I discovered that radio was going to be my true path in life. Um, and I was taking constitutional law, 
uh, and a lawyer taught it. His name was Sidney Berger, and he had argued before the Supreme Court or whatever. And did you ever take constitutional law? Mm-mm. Okay. Constitutional law, basically, it's it's a set of, of cases that basically are what the law is today. Roe right. versus Wade is in there. Uh, there are capital punishment issues that are in there. And in Sidney Berger's class, uh, and Kamala Harris may have some nightmares because I'm sure she took constitutional law, mm-hmm. you know, he would just randomly call on somebody and it would be, okay, we're talking Roe versus Wade today. Kurt Wheeler, stand up and state the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there in terror. Please don't call on me. Right. Please don't call on me. And that's that's Kamala Harris. Yeah. Yet she's been tapped. This person who could not get above 1% in the primaries, she was the first one to drop out. Yeah. So this isn't just Republicans. This is Democrats. Democrats didn't vote for her. Yep. She really gives like Hillary Clinton a run for her money on unlikability. And that's really saying something because Hillary well, she, is like one of the most unlikable people in she's America. She's got two things going for her here. She's unlikable and she's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Hillary Clinton is not stupid. She's not stupid. Very yeah. smart, she's um, stupid. but very unlikable. Yeah. And so Kamala Harris is stupid and unlikable. Yeah. That's a terrible uh, combination when yeah. you think that she's a heartbeat away from a guy who looks like he's circling the drain. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I mean, imagine her giving a State of the Union speech. That would definitely be the significance of the passage of time. Yeah. Very significant (laughs) passage of time. The the passage of time could not be fast enough. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Moving on to uh, another tone-deaf organization outside of politics, the National Football League, Mm -hmm. the expansion of the Rooney Rule. What the hell is this? I think they're moving towards having the first female head coach of a of an NFL team. I think that's the goal. Well, that's politically incorrect because we can't separate men from women. We've right. got a Supreme Court nominee going through the system now who can't even tell you what a woman right. is. Right. Yeah. That that would be a great question if they say, you know, we need a we need a female NFL coach or you need to hire because the rule is something along the lines of you need to hire at least one coach that's a female or minority or something like that. And just say what and is not a just woman? that. They they have to be an offensive assistant coach. I guess defense is okay. Defense, you can be racist and misogynist all you want to be, uh, but the offensive side of the ball, we need to see a female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority. Huh. And can you define that? I mean, you know. Yeah, what separates an ethnic minority and a racial minority? That's a great question, and maybe that will come before the Supreme Court, and maybe then, you know, uh, Katanji will give an answer as to what that is. Yeah, maybe. I mean, um, Andy Reid is is a man, far as we know. He could be a really ugly woman, though, right? Yeah, he could be. Yeah. If he shaved the mustache. So, well, I mean, don't be <laughs> don't be harassed. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a new term we can come up with. Don't be harassed. You have a mustache. Yeah, I need to trim it, but yeah, yeah. you do after the float trip and yeah. all that. So, I mean, that's where the NFL is going, and the NFL, you know, and I'm part of it as the stadium voice for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and we went through the whole PC era, and I kept people were blowing my phone up saying, "What is this? You know, Black Lives Matter. Why are they doing that? They're just running fans away." Yeah, and it, it's part of a bigger issue. There's a disconnect going on in this country, and we just had the Grammy Awards last night, and I could have called this that Chris Stapleton was going to win all of the country awards at the Grammys because of the disconnect that exists. Country superstars don't do well at the Grammys because it's the elites out there. Mm-hmm. Movies that you and I might go see at the movie theater 
don't do well at the Oscars. Now it needs to be a film with social conscience right. attached to it. So the, the, the divide is getting bigger. Yeah, 100%. I feel like we're on the side with 70% of the country and 30% or less are over here with the elites and the troublemakers and the pot stirrers and all that. I hope I'm not wrong. But when you look at the right track, wrong track of the country right now, it goes 67 to 70%. We are on the wrong track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, getting back to the NFL specifically, like if you're talking about the 70% or whatever, however you want to quantify it, I mean, I would probably put some of the players in that category too in the sense that imagine how the play, how NFL players – are going to interact with a female coach. Well, we have female referees, and we have, I think the Chiefs have a female assistant coach somewhere in the ranks. I'm not worried. I don't care about that. If you're qualified and you know you know the X's and O's of football and you can motivate people, I, I don't care anything about that. What I do care about is going to an employer, and in this case it's the 32 owners of the NFL, saying you will hire a woman and or a black or a Hispanic or an Asian or whatever category you want to come up with, right. you will do that. That's, you know, the Rooney rule was you will you have to um, interview a person of color for your head coaching job. Yeah. Okay. And we have one. We have Eric Bieniemy, who is the um, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and I love that guy. And why he is not a head coach, I have no idea. But now are you going to force an NFL team to hire him? Maybe they might. I mean, that's probably the direction that they're going. And he's certainly, I think, one of the the major players in this. You know, he was he's been in a lot of headlines about people, uh, you know, uh, accusing racism or, or various other things because he hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet. But I mean, I w- I don't know. I mean, maybe this is a little uh, I don't know, a little bit spicier, but I. As far as like women coaches, like I'm not sure if they really belong like in an NFL locker room. I mean, you just think about think about the atmosphere of an NFL locker room. Yeah, it's like the most masculine place in the world. (laughs) You know, like do we really need women in there? Like, why? What is that accomplishing? It's not accomplishing anything. You know, I just don't see the point. Well, aside aside from deliberately doing it in order to like tear down a masculine space, you know, and insert political correctness in there. That's the only, that's the only goal. Well, if you've ever been in an NFL locker room and I have, it's like a sausage factory in there. Oh, I mean, they're just hanging out everywhere. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so then what are you going to do? And again, you know, what is a woman? We go back to this uh, again and again, but what are you going to do if there's a female coach? Are they not going to be allowed in the locker room? Are you going to have to say to all the players, Hey, you know, put a towel on. We have our female coach coming in. I don't know. I mean, I just get back to if, if they know the game and because a lot of people would say, well, if you didn't play the game, how can you coach the game? And there are examples of great NFL coaches who never played the game mm-hmm. because they were tacticians and football sure. is about strategy and all that. I am always going to fall on the side of um, equality of opportunity, not equality of outcome. So if, if a woman was – you know, qualified to be a head coach, was a great motivator of people, men in this case, um, I would be all for that. What I'm not for is equality of outcome that says you will do this. And if you don't do this, we're going to take draft picks away from you or we're going to fine you or, or something like that. I'm not for that at all. 
So yeah. this is going to be who knows they're they're yeah. playing it out, but the league is is obviously bending to the pressure. Um, and which NFL team will be the first one to follow the Biden rule? I'm going to call it the Biden rule now. Is that we our next football coach will be a woman of color? Right. I, I, I'm curious which which will be the first team to hire a female head coach because well, I think we'll I think that's where this is going. I think that and, and it could happen. I wouldn't be shocked by it. We'll just see. And and if she does well and if her team wins the Super Bowl, I'm all for her. We'll see. <laughs> if she's one in sixteen and gets run out of town, that's the way the game goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next tone deaf is uh, our friends at uh, Disney. Disney has been all over Ron DeSantis and totally misrepresenting uh, the bill. They call it the don't say gay bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have seen on the Oscars, the hosts there were like, hey, uh, gay, 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 yeah. gay, gay. And everybody gay, in Florida, here's gay 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 gay, 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 gay. The word gay is not even in the bill. No. The, what this bill says is we don't want our teachers talking to our kids about sex in kindergarten through third grade. It's just like, that's so basic. I mean, it, if you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry in advance, but like, if you are upset by that, then like, I really have to question your motives. Like, are you're saying that you can't, you're totally offended by the fact that we can't be teaching sex to third graders. What's going on with you? What's your problem? Yeah. You know, and it's like and and they're being open about it. Like Disney is being open about it. They're coming out and saying we need to create more LGBT plus content for children at Disney. Yeah. It's grooming. There 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 are it's an anti-grooming bill and the people who are against that bill are openly coming out in support of grooming children. That's my opinion. The backlash is out there. And when you think about Disney, you think about family trips to the Disney parks and all that. And we've already seen, like in Virginia, a big case there where the governor wins the race because basically the the other guy um, uh, talked about parents have no role in the kids' education. Yeah, Disney's saying the same thing. Yeah. you know, and and now the backlash is, is coming against Disney. Uh, last week, Disney announced that when you go to the park, you know, the, they had this big celebration at the beginning, and and the announcer comes out and says, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Well, they're taking that out. Yep. No more ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, who is that leaving out? Regardless of what you think you are, what is that leaving out? Who knows, man? I mean, it's... Leah Thomas thinks that he's a woman, so... Would fit into the four right, matrix. but they would like, say they would say that gender is a spectrum. That you know you you can be a boy or a girl. You can identify as a boy or a girl, or you can identify as neither or both or somewhere in between. It's all just made up gobbledygook. And yeah. and like they're taking it further. Like we have literal like gender indoctrination in our schools. We have like uh, sorry to say this, but it's it's happened just at that meeting. Uh, that I went to in uh, Jackson County a couple weeks ago, there was a book in the Lee Summit School District, which was basically like gay porn in the elementary school library. And it was very graphic, very descriptive. They read from it, very graphic. And they brought it before the school board for a vote whether this book should be removed or left in. And unanimously, every single person on that school board voted to keep the book in the library. 
Well, you know, and, and that brings up a really good point that I was going to mention and almost forgot. So thank you for the reminder on that. Um, Tuesday this week, this podcast will be available Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, as you're listening to this, it is Municipal Election Day in the state of Missouri. That's correct. And these are really important elections. And I know Lee Summit, to, to your point, uh, they've got some serious issues there where parents really need to dive in mm-hmm. and dig down and, and read about these people. In Blue Springs, um, we might have a problem or two on the school board, but they are not the ones running for re-election now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two really solid citizens of Blue Springs who are on that board right now. And I don't use my political capital in Blue Springs very often, but I'm using it now. Rhonda Gilstrap and Bobby Hawk are two solid core um, conservatives who are running for re-election, and we need them on that school board. I mean, Blue Springs is a great school district. It's it's why I, I moved to Blue Springs 27 years ago, because I knew that my kids would get a great education there, um, and they did. Um, so we, we, we have to be very careful here. Because you can get into situations like this, and it's like throw anybody out who's a who's um, um, incumbent. Just mm-hmm. throw out all the incumbents. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful because some of the incumbents are actually doing a really good job. Yeah, and I and, mean, I would just look, and I don't. Obviously, I trust your your word on that. I'm not talking about those people specifically, but just in general, you know, you really have to look and see what what is the voting record, especially for school board. What is the voting record on issues like this? Yeah. You know, if if the school board member voted to keep that book in the library, they should be like dragged out like yeah. <laughs> by any means necessary. Get rid of them tomorrow because that is just unacceptable. And that's the standard that we should be upholding because the the kids, I think, in a lot of ways is the the next battleground. We're seeing this with Disney, we're seeing this in Florida, we're seeing it at every local school district, whether it be, you know, racial indoctrination, gender indoctrination, COVID indoctrination, and everything else, this is the next battleground because I think the left knows that if they can get to the kids early, then they can secure, you know, the future. So this is uh this is where the fight is. I well, believe. Disney in Florida gets certain exemptions from the state and Ron DeSantis is now, well, I think we need to take a look at that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'll see where, where all of that goes. But for now, no more and ladies you know, and gentlemen, and, boys and girls. And I think Ron DeSantis understands this. You know, this this is why, like, we I always talk about the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are more important things than money and money policy and tax policy. If Disney is going to be subverting children deliberately and pushing a gender ideology on children, if I was the governor of Florida, which I'm not, I would rather not have Disney in my state than have Disney in my state pushing that on kids. 100%. There's more important things than money. They don't need to be there. They can go somewhere else. We're not putting up with it. Okay. Um, And I don't know. This fell to the bottom of the deal here. This has nothing to do with Disney. This has to do with Kim Kardashian. She is apologizing for a comment she made about women in business. She told Variety her advice was that they need to get off their asses and work. But she clarified yesterday that was taken out of context, saying it's not easy to build a business or a brand. Oh, it was easy for her. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Are you saying she was perhaps on her? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, moving right along. 
We'll wrap this episode with um, the Oscars and the slap. And I know it's like a week old. It's like Dale bread or whatever. But I have some interesting takes on it uh, that I want to share here. First of all, um, viewership grew by over 500,000 people in the 15-minute span that saw Smith strike rock over a joke made about Jada Pinkett Smith. So what happened was nobody gave a shit about the Oscars. Nobody does. Right. Because, again, we talked about that. It's it's movies of social conscience. And, right. and we're guys who would go see a Star Wars movie or, you know, whatever, that will never sniff the Oscars. Right. That's the 70-plus percent of America. They represent maybe the 30 percent of America. But it went around on Twitter, yada, yada. Hey, man, can you believe that? You know, Will Smith just went up there and smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. Boom. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. They got another 600,000 viewers in the next 15-minute segment. Mm. So now maybe this is something for the future that we'll see on award shows, a smackdown. I'm all for it. Acceleration. Let's do it. <laughs> let's have all the let's have a celebrity death match at every award show. And then you you get to something that we covered we did a whole episode on this about the offensive matrix. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood was very confused for about 24 hours mm-hmm. because you had a black guy go up and smack a black guy. Right. Had it been a white guy that went up and smacked a black guy, that's easy. Yeah, cut and dry. That's a hate crime. Yeah, cut and yeah. dry. Um but but it was very confusing about what to happen. So there was a little bit of a delay. But we have some reactions in the 24 to 72 hours after uh, the Oscars. Alec Baldwin. Now, it would have been interesting if Alec Baldwin was there and his wife got, you know, jacked yeah. up. Yeah, he's he's got the revolver in his He might have shot him. Ready to go. Yeah. If he'd gotten a gun into the Academy Awards. They probably don't even search people because it's all the Hollywood types. Why would they have a gun? Yeah, they wouldn't have a gun. Yeah. Says, I'm sorry the Oscars turned into the Br- Jerry Springer show. Okay. Jerry, Jerry, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from the basketball world. Uh, He did a blog titled, Will Smith Did a Bad, Bad Thing. Abdul-Jabbar argues that Smith, with a single blow, advocated violence, diminished women, insulted the entertainment industry, and perpetuated stereotypes about the black community. Oh, some of that is true. Yeah, but it took a while. Yeah. President Joe Biden. Hey, let's hear what he has to say about it. Didn't condemn it because he didn't see it. All right. (laughs) He was in bed. (laughs) I was in bed. Yeah. But I saw the clips, right? Right. How can he go out there with a straight face and say, I didn't see it. I'm not going to comment on it. All right. I love that show. Uh, Fresh, fresh, not not fresh, uh, fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Pay your fair share. Sorry. We should just have that in every episode. Pay your fair share. Okay. Uh, And lastly, and I'll leave it on this, O.J. Simpson. This was the best one. I did see this one. I did see this one. He thinks Will Smith went too far. Yeah. (laughs) Says the guy that nearly decapitated his wife and killed another guy. Oh, God. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. I think Will was wrong, quote unquote. And he called the incident unfortunate. Like in that situation, man, maybe just don't say anything. I know, exactly. <laughs> maybe just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> By the way, is killing your ex-wife and a friend, is that a hate crime? Could it be a hate crime? It could be. I mean, <laughs> you work to, on that for next to be, time. To be determined. <laughs> exactly. For next week's episode, your homework assignment, Kurt Wheeler, is to come up with a list of ridiculous hate crimes. Oh, If I have to. (laughs) And until then, this is Dale Carter's America. 
The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.